hello. Welcome to episode 36 of the Fitness Insider Podcast. I'm Natalie Wolf, and I'm your host. This one is for all you health and nutrition nerds, myself included. This episode is a fun and informative conversation with Megan Lyons, board-certified holistic nutritionist and founder of the Lyons Share Wellness. She walks us through what blood sugar is and why it matters for your health, as well as her super intriguing experience using a continuous glucose monitor on her arm. She gives actionable steps on how to improve your blood sugar balance and signs yours may be out of whack. So just a little background on Megan. Megan Lyons has shared her game-changing approach to wellness with thousands of people through personalized health coaching, corporate, and group wellness programs, and motivational and educational speaking. As founder and owner of the Lion Share Wellness, she's deeply passionate about inspiring others to feel their healthiest and happiest. Megan received her undergraduate degree from Harvard University and her MBA from Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. She's also a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, has a master's in holistic nutrition from Hawthorne University, and is board certified as a holistic nutritionist. She lectures widely at hospitals, corporations, and organizations. When she's not health coaching, you can find her doing all types of workouts, cooking, reading, traveling, and cheering on the Dallas Mavericks. She currently lives in Dallas with her husband, Kevin, and adorable dogs, Maverick and Riley. So in this episode, we talk about her business, Alliance Shared Wellness, and how she works with her clients, what blood blood sugar is and why it matters, her experience with the continuous glucose monitor and what she learned from it, signs our blood sugar is out of whack and what we can do to combat that, healthy snack ideas for balancing your blood sugar, how to be successful at meal prepping, and more. Megan is seriously inspiring and so knowledgeable in nutrition that you're definitely not going to want to miss this. So without further ado, let's dive right in. All right. Welcome, Megan. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about all things blood sugar levels, which we can like nerd out all day on this stuff (laughs) together. Absolutely. Yes. I love it. But I have been following Megan, and we met like, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago? A long time ago. I was just starting my business, and I think you were just ramping up as well. It was a while back. Yeah. So we met through Britt Reddig, and I know you're still working with her, which is awesome. But I know you're just like a trusted nutritionist and source in Dallas for all things healthy living. And I just love getting to follow you on Instagram. And I especially love um, your podcast, Wellness Your Way. And um, just seeing all your meal prep and stuff is so fun. So I'm excited to like dive in and hear some more about what you've been up to. But so let's just start with, um, so I know I just mentioned that you've been doing one-on-one health coaching based in Dallas. So how long has it been and what can you tell us about your business and like what you do and what your philosophy is? Yeah. So it uh, has been about seven years. I opened in January, 2014. Um, And I do, I would say then I did only one-to-one nutrition consulting. Now that's maybe 50% of my business and the other 50% is group programs and corporate wellness speaking and events and podcasts and things like that. Um, So I like to dabble in anything I possibly can in the nutrition and wellness world. Um, As far as what my philosophy is, I don't have a philosophy. I don't have a, you must eat 
this, 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 and this every single step of the way. And honestly, I think that's the problem with traditional diet culture. Everyone's so dogmatic. You have to do this. You have to do that. And it doesn't work for every single person. There's a reason we have a $60 billion diet industry because not one thing works for everyone. So my approach is much more about um, behavior change, small, gradual, sustainable changes, getting you in the right direction, and then just listening to your body. I mean, there are things that you know, like more water, some movement, whatever feels good to you, more vegetables, things like that that apply to almost everyone. But after that, it really is experimentation. And I love helping people work through that. Yeah. So do people approach you with like specific issues they're having or they're just like, I don't eat well, help me overhaul my my eating habits? Yeah. I would say that I serve three groups of people. And once I describe them, it's kind of going to be like everyone. Uh, but the, the <laughs> biggest group of people that comes to me is people who are busy, whatever that means. They're either like super busy stay-at-home moms or they are executives at a company or whatever. They just feel busy and they know that they're not prioritizing their own health, whether that's a time issue or they don't know how. They just like don't feel awesome. They don't have any issue in quotes. They don't have their doctor didn't say anything or whatever, but they just don't feel great and they want to prioritize themselves. So it's almost like giving them permission, giving them little assignments. Like I literally just gave this morning, you must take two hours off on Saturday. So things like that. (laughs) Um, And just learning to prioritize themselves. That's group one. Group two, I see a lot of people with high cholesterol, thyroid disorder, some of like the standard um, things that are plaguing Americans today that can be really well uh, adjusted and and managed with nutrition. Um, So that's really fun too. And then group three is weight loss. Um, I definitely see people on all ends of the spectrum, eating disorder, weight gain, et cetera. But uh, for better or for worse, the the majority of people concerned with their weight are looking to lose some weight and don't want to do it in a crash diet, like scary, restrictive way. So uh, that's where I come in. Nice. I love that you have the three groups down too. Like you're the most organized person I know. Uh, <laughs> so I love that you have your buckets. Oh, yes. It's like my my kryptonite. I love it. I could spend all day organizing anything, calendaring, <laughs> scheduling. It's just my jam. And like knowing who you're serving is very important and knowing who yeah. you want to serve is also important. So yeah. when you give them these protocols or whatever you want to call it, like tips on advice on what they should be doing differently. Does it feel like you're trying to convert someone to a different religion sometimes? (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, that's a funny question. Um, And, and I, maybe on rare occasions, yes, but I like to use my best Jedi mind tricks to actually get them to suggest the change to me. So that's a huge win. If I can have someone say, ooh, I should really include a vegetable at dinner. I'm like, oh, interesting thought. I never would have thought of that on my own, right? And that's when they're going to be more successful with it. So I might have been talking about how, for me, vegetables fill me up, prevent me from overeating the chocolate after dinner and whatever, and like giving them these bits of evidence. But then if they make the change, then they're golden. So I don't really feel like I'm converting them to a different religion, but sometimes you got to give a little nudge. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. It has to come from the individual to want want that change for it to be yes. successful. But I'm sure, like totally. you know, nothing in life is truly linear. Like a journey, you're you're gonna fall short, and you're not gonna eat perfectly all the time. So oh, I'm sure yeah. you're you're having to have some emotional conversations with people sometimes too. <laughs> totally. I mean, you learn so much about a person by talking about their food. There are so many people who I work with who beat themselves up so much, way over the top from just eating an extra cookie or something like that. Whereas I would have totally told them, eat the cookie. If you're doing it mindfully and you like the cookie and it's adding to your experience, like eat the darn cookie. It's okay. Uh, but people feel like they're letting me down. They feel like they're letting themselves down, et cetera. So a lot of it is talking them off the ledge and like making that stuff totally okay. As long as they're not eating only cookies for seven days in a (laughs) row or whatever, like we got to have some balance in there. And then there are also some people who will like, you know, try to hide the cookie from me. And, and I know after working with so many thousands of people, like I know if you're hiding from me, but I'm not going to necessarily call you out face to face. So I'll be like, Hmm, is there anything else that you might've eaten that day? And they're darting their eyes. They're looking away, whatever. So, um, it's, it's a little bit of psychology along with the nutrition work, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah. That's so cool that you've been able to help so many people too, just looking back over the years. So as I mentioned, you also have a podcast called wellness your way, which we'll link in the show notes so people can check it out. Um, I love it. And I, I really loved the episode about, um, covering your experience with the continuous glucose monitor and all about blood sugar. So that was so intriguing to me. I just, I love, um, all the testing and like, figuring out results and just figuring out more about your digging deep into your own health. Um, especially when like someone like you or myself, like we think, I mean, I, I'm not a nutritionist, but I, I am a health coach now, which is kind of fun. And I feel like you know a ton about this stuff. I know you do. Yeah, I do. But then you like strap on, or I don't know how it works. Actually, you're gonna have to explain it, but like with the monitor, it's like, Oh my gosh, the these foods like made my blood sugar spike. I would have yes. never known. So um can you just tell us a little bit like let's start with like wh- what is blood sugar? Why is it important sure. to our health? Yeah, absolutely. So um blood sugar to put it in the simplest terms when we eat carbohydrates are a carbohydrate is a chain of sugar. So our body breaks that down into more simple sugars. And those go into our bloodstream. So blood sugar is the amount of sugar in your blood, or it's also called blood glucose. Glucose is a sugar, so the amount of glucose in your blood. And this is a normal process. For every single person, carbohydrates get broken down into sugar. That goes into your bloodstream. But what we want to happen is that insulin, which is a hormone, insulin grabs onto the sugar and puts it into the cell. In our cells, sugar is great. It's like gasoline in a car. It helps us um, have uh, energy for activities and helps our body run all of its thousands of processes and all that kind of stuff. So in the cell, the sugar is fine. But in the bloodstream, it's not that good. And ideally, when we eat something, the insulin would be secreted at exactly the right time, uh, exactly the right rate, so that the sugar would just kind of stay in the blood for a little bit and then go right out of the blood into the cell. It's all good. 
Um, but for some people, we have um, insulin sensitivity or insulin dysregulation, and that doesn't always really happen. Or we're eating foods that spike our blood sugar like crazy, which we can talk about some of those foods. And then we get this really high peak of blood sugar and this really high crash. And that's the whole point of this CGM that I'm still wearing now um, is to monitor these spikes and crashes and try to prevent them. Okay. And then with like, I know type two diabetes is like rampant in the U S so that's also, you know, insulin resistance, right. To, to the max. Absolutely. So, um, up to 70% of Americans will get metabolic syndrome sometime in their lives and metabolic syndrome includes insulin resistance, excess belly fat, things like that. This insulin resistance is just like your body has had to produce so much insulin over time that it just gets like tired of it. It gets immune and the insulin isn't working as well. So then it takes more insulin to do the same job and you're eating sugar over and over and over, demanding insulin over and over and over. And it kind of just like burns out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we have more sugar floating around in our bloodstream, which isn't good. And when you say carbohydrates, because I know people think like bread, like that's where their mind goes. Yeah. But like, I mean, what is it? How, what percentage of our diet should be carbohydrates? And you're talking like, this can be sweet potatoes. This can be broccoli. I mean, everything has little carbohydrates in it. Absolutely. I am very much not someone who says you should eat 0% carbohydrates. I think there's huge detriment to giving up or even skimping on vegetables. And uh, well, I think for every single person, no one should skimp on vegetables. For some people, depending on your level of type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, et cetera, I might recommend skimping on some of those um, starchier potatoes, sweet potatoes, fruits, and certainly things like candies and breads and pastas and sodas and things like that. Uh, But for the vast majority of people, I think things like berries and things like sweet potatoes in moderation, like totally healthy. And our bodies should, are made to process that stuff, should be able to process that stuff. So Yes, carbohydrates include all those things, even celery, kale, whatever. Those are all carbs. Uh, But there are some great carbs out there and carbs that I think everyone should eat. Yeah. So that is definitely important to keep in mind because I think people get a little confused with that. And so now that we know what blood sugar is, like, what are the main, why is it so important? Is it our energy levels or is, is there more to it than that? Yes, there's more to it. I think the thing that most people feel is that crash. So when we eat, let's say I just ate a bunch of cotton candy or something that's like basically pure sugar with no protein, fat, fiber, nutritional value, any of that kind of stuff, my blood sugar is going to spike really high. And then when it crashes, I feel really bad all, all of a sudden. I feel like shaky, maybe jittery, maybe dizzy out of it, almost like I I need more food. And that's what I call the blood sugar roller coaster. Once we crash, the only way to get out of that crash is either to like take a nap or eat more sugar, which is what most of us are tempted to do, or ride it out a little bit. Because your 
body will release more. We have a lot of stored sugar in the form of glycogen in our muscles and our liver. Your body won't let your blood sugar go to zero. Um, but as it, as it does that, as it rebalances you, it kind of feels like a little icky. So you're much better off not eating that cotton candy, or at least if you want to eat cotton candy, like have some peanut butter or an avocado or an egg or something with it, which I know are weird combinations. Uh, and we can talk about combinations too, but yes. that plain old sugar and that spike, that's what really, really feels bad. So energy and that bad feeling is one. Of course, long-term, the insulin resistance development, like we said, um, that's number two. We really want to protect our long-term health and those repeated spikes and crashes can lead to insulin resistance. And then also excess insulin in the body, if we're calling on insulin more and more and more, insulin's an anabolic hormone, which means it builds and it tells your body to store fat. Um, so if you have excess insulin in your body, you will be storing more fat, which is um, not the best thing for most of us. Right. Yeah, so it's definitely important to control that blood sugar. <laughs> yeah, Just for totally. like the for right now and for long term. Yeah. Um so what was your experience like or I guess you're still experiencing the glucose monitor. Yeah. Can you tell us like which one you used and what you had to do sure. as well like in the results and just tell us all about it. <laughs> yes. Um I used a company called a startup company called Level so there are a few startups out there now that are helping non-diabetics get a prescription for a blood sugar meter or a continuous glucose meter. Um, and Levels is one of them. I have worked with a couple of them before. And for me, by far, I liked Levels the best. It is awesome. The interface is so cool. It gives you a little rating 1 to 10 score for each thing you eat based on your blood sugar response. And it gives you a score for the day. So like for someone like me, I get competitive with myself and I want to keep beating my score and all of that. That's it's just cool. really fun. Um, and the meter itself is a freestyle Libre. So there are two main meters out there, the Dexcom and the freestyle. Um, there are several other ones as well. But what it is for anyone watching on video, you see I have this sticker that's like, I don't know, the um, side diameter of a phone. But the actual meter is under this sticker. It's the size of two quarters stacked on top of each other. So it's really small. It has a teeny tiny filament with a, a needle on it. I know it sounds scary, but you just press. You have this applicator and you press it. It pops. It goes right into your skin and then the needle comes out. This filament, which is like a hair, it stays in your body for two weeks. And so this sticker is on me for two weeks um, and you can shower with it. Of course, you can wow. exercise with it. I can like hit it. It doesn't hurt at all. Um, it, I don't even notice that it's there at all. Um, it is very pain free, but I was scared of the process anyway to first <laughs> stick it on. And I shouldn't have been scared. It was totally fine. That's so crazy. Like I had no idea. Yeah. It's like a little filament that just like lives in there for a yes. little bit. When you take and it out, you can bend over the fill. It's like literally like a hair. It's it's nothing in there. And that's what's measuring your blood sugar. And then it's transmitting. I have to scan it with my phone every eight hours. And then it goes to my phone. The data goes to my phone. So that's where I see all the numbers. So is it like a pretty cool interface, like easy to understand what's going on? So easy to understand. Yeah. I, I really love the Levels app. It's, um, it's the best one that I've tried so far. 
That's awesome. So what did you find out? Like, what have you been learning about your blood sugar? Yeah. So I think um, a lot of the things were confirmed. A lot of things that I already teach clients and things like that were confirmed. And that was nice to see. And the takeaways for people who may or may not want to get one themselves um, is that any carbohydrates that we're eating that are non-fibrous, so like vegetables, you can totally eat them by themselves, something like that. But anything that's less fibrous, always pair it with a protein and or a fat. And that will make your blood sugar spike more like a little hump, which feels so much better. You don't have cravings after a hump. You don't have um, fatigue. You don't have that jitteriness, anything like that, that you would get with a spike if you pair it with protein and or fat. So if you are going to have a piece of bread or something like that, a piece of bread by itself is probably not the best idea. A piece of bread with almond butter or with avocado or with an egg on top or with chicken or whatever, something like that is going to be much better off on your body. And for me, I was pretty sensitive to sugar. So for me, even fruit, fruit alone really spiked me a lot more than I thought it would. So now I will only eat fruit after a meal or pair it with a protein or another fat. Um, and like I said, vegetables are fine for me, but depending on your level of sensitivity, you might want to pair those with guacamole or hummus or oil or something like that as well. So that's one thing that was confirmed. Um, so like if you that, had an apple, okay. sorry, yeah, if you had no an apple problem. like as a snack, like that was what was not great for your blood sugar. Yeah. Yeah. For me personally, and some people who have better um, insulin response might be able to eat an apple with no spike. For me, it just wasn't the case. So now I will eat an apple only with almond butter or something like that. Got it. Yeah. And there are little hacks you can do. Like I experiment with all the hacks. If you drink apple cider vinegar before your insulin response is blunted, which is it's good, like the spike is not as strong. Um, Or if you put cinnamon on your apple or if you go for like a 10 minute walk, even right after a high carb thing. So if I know I'm a big sweet tooth, if I want to have a sweet I'll just make sure that I have time to like go for even a five or 10 minute walk afterwards. And then I don't get the same response, which is good. Um, So you can kind of hack it a little bit. Wow. Um, But that's cool. I love all this stuff. I love learning. That is one thing. Yeah. The one thing that I can't hack or that I haven't yet figured out how to (laughs) hack, I really have to actually solve it long term is stress. I was just so blown away by how stress impacted my blood sugar, like so crazy. I had a really stressful conversation actually during the Dallas storm, our pipes froze and I was like trying to figure out how to deal with it. And it was my fault because my husband wanted to drip the pipes and I didn't and all this stuff. (laughs) And so during that morning, I hadn't eaten anything and my blood sugar spiked like crazy. I think it was like 175, which is really, really high. And I didn't eat anything at all. So your body just does that. When it senses panic, it's going to release sugar from your liver and from your muscles um, in order to give you the fuel you need to combat the stressor. Um, Because in the past, our stressors were like, we have to run from a lion or something like that. But now it's not as helpful. Our body just still does the same thing. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Because like we all know that stress impacts our health and our bodies, but like not until you see the numbers, you're like, okay, 
<laughs> it yes. actually does. Absolutely. Like I I should in the in the future post this calendar. Levels gives you a calendar view of the month and each day is colored either red or green based on your score. I had a more stressful, more full um, February. And then I had kind of like a mini spring break. Like I took most of the week off and relaxed a little bit. And before that, it was all red. And then I had this week and literally on a dime, it turned to all green after that. It was so amazing to see that dramatic difference. So more vacation time for you. Totally. I I think I got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you said you liked it. You're a sweet tooth. I am too. So like, what is your, what's your (laughs) go-to? Oh my gosh. Natalie, the best news ever, like truly the best news ever from wearing the CGM was that chocolate was totally fine for me. Oh my gosh. Thank God. It's the best because I'm not sure I would have given up chocolate, even if it was um, less healthy than it was. I just love chocolate so much. But the good news about chocolate, especially like I love Hugh Kitchen chocolate and Theo chocolate and Eating Evolved and some of these healthier chocolates that are less high in sugar and they do have the healthy fat. The cacao bean is high in healthy fat and a lot of them are mixed with coconut oil or something like that. That just slows down the spike. So um, for me, more chocolate. I can um, handle that. It was great news. Um, I could also handle like I don't do super well with dairy. So I'll do like a coconut milk ice cream or something like that. That was fine even with a little bit of sugar because uh, the coconut milk is high in healthy fat. And then I do like this protein milkshake every night. I love that. That was totally fine. It's really just that pure sugar. So think like gummy bears or um, those hearts, like uh, Valentine's Day hearts or peeps or anything that's pure sugar, that's going to be an absolute disaster for your blood sugar. Yeah, that makes sense. I also love all those chocolate brands that you mentioned. And actually the last, the episode that came out yesterday on my podcast was with um, Daniel Nicholson. He's the uh, CEO of Nautamu. And that's one of my favorite (laughs) coconut milk ice creams. It's like, it's got the healthy fats. It's organic. (laughs) It's basically a salad. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I would go quite that far, but I I think it's very healthy. I love Nautamu. I have not listened to that episode yet, but I'm going to be super excited to hear it uh, because I love his product. Yeah, they they do like because, you know, there are some like replacement dairy free kind of like you can eat the whole pint sort of situations and it tastes mm-hmm. bad. So yeah, they actually I do it well totally where agree. it's like tastes like it's it's real. It's good dessert, but it's also dairy free and has good quality stuff in it. So, yes, totally I, agree. <laughs> but I, it makes me feel better that you like because I love chocolate so much, too. Like knowing that you have chocolate at the end of the day, like makes me feel better about my choices. (laughs) Okay. I do this like purposefully, but also because, you know, this is just real life. I always have chocolate within arm's reach. So I'm testing this eating evolved. um, Uh It's great for my blood sugar. Initially, this Lily's, which has some stevia in it, was not as good for my blood sugar, which is kind of surprising. So I'm always testing that and seeing if um, I can get a better response from it. But I think for me, just like the real deal, like 
actual chocolate. Don't try to fake it with the erythritol and the stevia and stuff. Real yeah. chocolate is just better off for me. Yeah. Also, like, um, I get these dark chocolate covered cashews from Thrive Market. Oh, yeah. And yum. they are really good because, and they're also nothing added, so it's really, really good. So those, yeah, you now should I'm test those out. Buy them. Come on. <laughs> Make sure you get two bags because the bag doesn't come with that many. So. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I can't hate you for that because I'm apologies. Love them. <laughs> oh, very okay. <laughs> so if people are like, well, I guess backing up just a little bit. I know we're kind of running on time, but what? Why did you end up doing this? Like, what led you to start? testing out with a monitor? Yeah. So um, let's see. I'll give you two answers. The first company that I tried was probably like a year ago, and I felt like I was having an abnormal response to carbohydrates. So I just felt like um, that classic example that people say, like, I just look at a cupcake and it packs on five pounds or whatever. I just felt like my body wasn't dealing well with carbohydrates. So I tried a different company. I just didn't love their interface. And so I just let it go. And then a friend is a friend of mine is a friend of the founder of Levels and reached out and I was gifted the first two weeks or first four weeks of Levels. And I just honestly kind of did it as a favor. I was like, sure, I'll stick something in my arm and like (laughs) see what I think about it, whatever. But I loved it. This is, I believe my 16th week I've been paying for it ever since. And it is pricey. So I'll I'll let the listeners know that. But for me, it's so worth it because I'm continuing to learn about my body. I am learning things that I can help clients with. And I'm just kind of keeping myself honest. So it was an experiment or like a favor, but turned into something that I love. That's awesome. So for anyone that's listening to this, and they're like not quite ready to to take the leap and actually do the monitor. Are there other things that they can do, we can do to better control our blood sugar? And like, how do we know if they're like out of whack besides feeling like, I guess, really tired or really bad? Yeah. Yeah. So certainly if you have gotten a high triglyceride number from your blood test or a high A1C, hemoglobin A1C is a measure of your Basically, uh, uh, it has to do with red blood cell and oxygen saturation, but let's just say it's a basic measure of how much sugar is in your blood over the past three months. So when you have a high A1C, your body's not processing the sugar very much. You're probably having more um, high blood sugar episodes. So if you have any of those high triglycerides or high A1C, I would recommend asking your doctor for a monitor or um, we can put, so Levels has a think 80,000 person waiting list or something. And I have a, not a discount link, unfortunately, but I have a link where you can skip the line and I don't get anything out of it. It's not an affiliate link or whatever, but if it helps out the listeners, um, I'm happy to share that. So for those two things, or if you just feel like you're having a hard time, maybe once you eat sugar, you crave sugar more and more and more and more, and you can't stop or you are having a hard time um, managing your energy, you have that afternoon slump, maybe after a sandwich. If you feel any kind of way off when you're um, eating carbohydrates, I would totally recommend it. And then your first question, I think, was if you don't want to have a monitor, if it's not feasible for you, what can you do? I would say a couple things. 
Number one is no naked carbs. So naked carbs are those carbs that are not paired with protein or fat. I really would encourage you anytime you're having a non non-starchy vegetable carbs. So you're having a starchy <laughs> vegetable or fruit or bread or um, rice or potatoes or anything like that. I would pair it with a protein or fat and or fat. Um, I would also try to implement short walks after meals. I know it's not that practical for everyone, uh, but I've even started trying to do it after lunch, just like literally 10 minutes getting outside it's so good to step away from our computers, especially in the pandemic when lots of us are staring at a screen all day and that helps your blood sugar significantly. Um, and then unfortunately, I would say not eating too much plain sugar. Try to choose like the chocolate or the um, not a moo or something that's not just pure sugar because um, it really is not good for us, unfortunately. Yeah, those are good tips. So for the people that like, how can you decipher between, am I just a major sweet tooth? Like there are people that are like, I need something sweet after every meal, breakfast included. (laughs) Like, am I just a sugar, like a sweet tooth or do I have a blood sugar issue? Yeah, it is really hard to decipher. And I think what I would ask my clients is, does it feel physical or does it feel emotional? So many of us associate the end of a meal emotionally with, I get a sweet treat, or um, even I need comfort. I had a hard day, had a stressful situation. I need a sweet treat. That's all emotional. And that can be worked through with behavioral coaching and things like that. But if you feel your body literally is slumping and will not pick up again until you eat sugar, that's a blood sugar regulation issue. So if you feel you eat a, a, sandwich or whatever, something with some refined carbohydrates, and you just need a nap after that, you don't feel energized by your meals, you might feel like um, lethargic, maybe even dizzy, something like that, and you just need more sugar, then that's usually biological. That's probably a a blood sugar dysregulation issue. So are there certain snacks or things that we can eat that you like that help control blood sugar? Because I know Sometimes snacking is hard. Like you don't, you're just hungry in between a meal and you're just going to grab a bag of chips or like a bar or something, but it's nice to like think ahead of time and have some, some new ideas. Yeah. Um, this is polarizing because some people hate this snack, but I love olives and olives are a great (laughs) snack. I like to get these little packet, these little like cups of olives, portable little cups of olives that are such a great snack. That's pure, healthy fat. So that's going to keep your blood sugar totally stable. No spike at all. Something like hard boiled eggs or um, a cleaner turkey jerky or rolled up turkey. Or if you do well with um, yogurt or cottage cheese, or if you don't like some kind of coconut yogurt, something like that could be great. I like dry roasted edamame as a snack that is filled with protein and fiber. So that's a good one. Um, Veggies and hummus, veggies and guacamole, veggies and anything, Um, (laughs) apple and almond butter or peanut butter or whatever, Um, a lower sugar trail mix or some nuts. I mean, the possibilities are really endless if you plan ahead and you just think about getting in some protein and fat. Yeah. And I think it's like, it is very important to try 
to aim for as much protein as you can in those snacks in between meals because like we're not getting enough protein in general throughout the day. So at least you can sit down at mealtimes and know that you've gotten in some added protein throughout the day. Yes, especially your audience, which is so active. We need protein to recover from all the activity that we're doing. Um, it's just it's just what we need. So get some in for the snacks and then you don't have to eat like a giant steak or something at dinner. If you don't want <laughs> so how do you feel about like the collagen and the coffee situation? I do collagen in my coffee every day. I think it's great. I know for sure for me, it helps my hair and my nails. It helps my gut lining as well. I don't think that it's a um, blanket answer for all of our protein needs. So I definitely recommend that you're getting protein from other sources during the day. Uh, but I'm a proponent. I like the collagen in the coffee. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. I, I can't taste it, but I have friends that are like, I can't do it because I can taste the difference. Oh, but no, I, I can't taste it either. But I honestly, I haven't, I've been off of caffeine for like the past year and a half. And Good so I just like, I'll do decaf every now and then, but when I remember to make decaf, it's really weird. I like have my hot lemon water in the mornings now. Like I've made it a routine and I love Love it. it. And then like by the time it, like I'm at my desk and stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, coffee, it's a fun idea. And I just forget to make Uh, it, (laughs) which is not usual for Hey, that's great. I think more (laughs) power too. It's amazing. Have you ever had tea chino? Yes. Yeah. That's a great stuff. Yeah, it's a great replacement. And I, I yeah. also just like really like tea. Like we got, my husband and I both got into it. The reason why I wasn't like having any issues with caffeine, but my husband was the one who all of a sudden was like became allergic to coffee oh, wow. or caffeine. Yeah. Like he couldn't, it was like yeah. breathing issues. So mm. he was the one that made the coffee in the mornings. <laughs> and so oh, then so by, once that's gone. <laughs> I was like, all right. So now no oh, one's man. making it. <laughs> But um, well, actually, not really a bummer. If you don't miss it, you're in your new routine and it's arguably healthy for you. I mean, caffeine and coffee does have some health benefits, but the way most uh, most Americans drink it, like, you know, four or five, ten cups a day is certainly not healthy. (laughs) And if you can wean your body off of it and, and have energy naturally without caffeine, I think that's even better. Yeah, I think, but I do want, I want to reincorporate matcha back into my life because I really do enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) And I I know there's caffeine in chocolate too, so I do get some caffeine. Yeah. (laughs) And I have chocolate pretty much every day. (laughs) Yay. Um, (laughs) So I know you just mentioned something about how our listeners are active. We all need protein. So is there, are there any connections between fitness and blood sugar? Like are lower intensity workouts like yoga and Pilates better for that or like over high intensity, like hit or like a spin class? Yeah. So better. Yes. And no, the low intensity will definitely not spike your blood sugar for me going for a walk or doing a gentle yoga flow. Something like that will lower my blood sugar. So that's really good. Um, and doing hit, if I'm like really going hardcore, that'll give me a big blood sugar spike, even if I'm doing it fasted, because my body's releasing that from, um, the stored glycogen that, that I have, but that spike is actually not detrimental to our body. It's actually good. As long as it's done in moderation, 
because that's teaching your body to give you what you need. When you need more fuel, your body can release that glycogen as opposed to just like panicking and you don't have energy for your workout. So it can be good for you. However, if you're doing that, like if you're doing HIT, like I used to do, <laughs> HIT every day Same. and like running excessively, endurance, exercise and all this kind of stuff, that is not good to call on your body all the time repeatedly to do that. So I do think the answer, just like most things, is a balance. If you love your hit, and I still do, get that in one or two times a week and, and don't worry about the spike. In fact, if you mark strenuous exercise under levels, it doesn't detract from your score, um, even if you spike during that time. But be sure, uh, even if it's not your natural tendency like mine, give your body a chance to recover and have those low intensity uh, workouts too, which will lower your blood sugar. The only exception to that is I did the first time I did hot yoga with the blood sugar monitor, I was shocked that it spiked even higher than like a HIIT workout because oh, wow. something about being in the heat like made my body panic. I also did a sauna one time and it was crazy. Like the spike was super, super huge. Uh, so of course I researched it and it is just your body trying to maintain homeostasis. So when you're in really high heat, it's trying to lower your temperature and that's causing you to pull on all of your energy stores and um, kind of causing your body to panic a little bit and try to come back down to balance. So that's why it releases all that glycogen. Wow. I wonder if it's the same deal when you're like in a bathtub. I like, didn't try that. You know, I hate baths, even though you that's do? such a good way to... <laughs> yes. I just oh, no. am not a bath person. It would be so good for me. And I, I have love a my baths. Oh, oh, what do you do? Do you just lay there? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, are you not doing anything productive? Um, no, yeah, but that's like, what I need to do. Nothing productive. No, I know. It's like... It, it's such a magical time. It's just like once you like slip into the bath, like your whole body just like sighs. I don't know. It's just like the best feeling ever. Oh. So I do like a like the bath, the salts or like um, there's this company in Austin that sent me these little, they're called bath teas and it's like a big tea bag with all these like herbs and like essential oils and salts. And it's oh, so cool. cool. It makes you feel really fancy. It smells good. Um, but sometimes I'll like okay, read. Maybe I'll try. You should try. Read in the bath, like read your book or like put on a podcast and I just like close my eyes and listen to the podcast. Although I, I prefer to See, walk while I, I listen to podcasts. <laughs> yes. I, I always walk listening to podcasts. I think if I had a book, even at the beginning, I could let my mind go, like relax a little bit and then I could just lay there. But something about just getting in, like you said, your body just relaxes. I think my body would be like, okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? <laughs> so I need a transition time. I'm going to try yes. the book and maybe like a candle, some music. Yes. Let me set the mood. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, hey, Thank Google, you. play spa music. And then it's really nice. Perfect. I love that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Play spa do you music. hear this? I love it. Hey, yes. Google. Stop playing the music. <laughs> wow, she's really listening. She's also Australian. Ooh, so fancy. <laughs> Just more fun that way. Anyway, so last thing I wanted to ask you about was your meal prep stories, which we'll, yes. we'll link to because they're so epic. 
But it's so fun seeing like all the vegetables. Like you first start with like everything you came home with from the store, which is so impressive that you get all those vegetables in every week. Because I know it's just you mostly. Your husband does his own yeah. thing. He does. <laughs> so it takes up like your entire kitchen counter. And then mm-hmm. you like time yourself and it's like an hour and a half and all of a sudden you're like done for the week, which is awesome. Yes. And you know, I've gone through, I like, go through phases where I'm like, Yes, meal prep, it's the best. And then some weeks I just don't have it in me. But you are on a routine and doing it so well. So can you give us some tips on like how to make it easier, meal prep in general, and then also just like less daunting and and honestly boring because sometimes it can be really boring. (laughs) Yeah. So I totally agree. And I will let you in on a secret that almost every week I'm like, ooh, should I just skip it this week? Like, I don't really need to do it this week. It's not my favorite time of the week, but it makes the rest of my week so much better. I have healthy food ready. It's less stress. I don't have to think about what's for dinner. I know I'll get in my vegetables. I know my nutrient needs are covered. It doesn't take any time during the week. So it's just way better for me. And that's how I convince myself to do it. Um, I'm going to send you that. Maybe we can link in the um, show notes, a, a blog post that I have of 10 tips to save time while oh, meal pre- prepping, but I'll go through a few of them here. The first one is don't overcomplicate it. When most of my clients start meal prepping, they look up like 18 recipes on Pinterest and they're trying to do something fancy and like make all this delicious, like fancy is the only word I can think That's of me. looking stuff. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's fun. Like if you have a Saturday night and you're cooking with your partner or something like that, that's totally cool. But if you're just trying to bang out your meals for the week, make it simple. Most of my stuff, like I try to put in some new things here and there, but I always have go-tos like my cabbage salad with tahini dressing. I love that. Or like breakfast casserole or something pretty simple that I know I can do without much thought, and then maybe have one new recipe per week or something like that. Um, Another tip I have is to use your whole kitchen. So when I'm making my plan, I think about, okay, this thing's going to go in the Instant Pot, and then this is going to go on the stove, this is going to go in the oven, and then I'll cook my, or I'll chop my raw vegetables and smoothie stuff, something like that. So I'm not making three things in the Instant Pot, that's going to take all day, even though Instant Pot is really quick. I like to use all aspects of my kitchen. Um, And then to make it not boring, like get in the zone, kind of like you said with the bath. I'm in my zone in (laughs) meal prep time. I don't even let my husband talk to me. Like I don't, my phone's on do not disturb. I'm not surfing through Instagram. I'm not doing anything. I put on some music, I set my timer, I challenge myself to see how quickly I can do it. And I'm just like focused, just in the flow, like you would do any other task. And it makes it kind of like a little challenge for me or fun just to be um, like doing something that I know is going to set me up for success. And then maybe the last tip is to portion it right away. So make it easy for yourself. I have all these glass, they're not really Tupperware, but I call them Tupperware, like glass serving containers. And if I make a soup or whatever, I'll just ladle it out into four individual servings right away so that I don't have to store it in a big thing and then portion it out later and then wash the big dish and the small dish. Like it's way too much work to store it in bulk. Just store it in the way that you'll eat it. And that makes life much easier. Yeah, those are great tips. And then 
also just like having setting yourself up self up for success with the right containers is also so key and we recently switched over to glass containers as well which is really yes. nice um but so for them. for the meal prep like planning do you have like a note in your phone like you, one day you plan it out and then the next day you grocery shop and then or how does that work yeah Spell it out for us. (laughs) You know, you called me out at the beginning. I'm like super schedule oriented. So it all happens on Sundays. For me, like I like to go to the grocery store and do the food prep right away because then I don't even have to put the stuff in the fridge. I just unload it on the counter like you see and I start cooking and it's done. Um, So that all happens on Sundays for me. I try to go like me and all the retirees, we go to the grocery <laughs> store on Sunday at like 7.30 or 8 or something because it's easy and there aren't many people there. Uh, and I just try to get it done right away. So it always it's a physical block on my calendar. And I like to say, treat those blocks just like you would a doctor's appointment or anything else important. If something comes up, like if I happen to have something, I don't know, at 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday, which I usually don't. <laughs> Um, then I would just move that appointment on my calendar. I'm not going to have something come up in the middle of a doctor's appointment and and just not show up. I'm going to call them and say, hey, so sorry, I have to reschedule. Where can we put it? And same thing for my appointments with myself, my workouts, my meal prep times, my weekly goal review, all that stuff is on my calendar. And if I have to move it, I move it. I don't just schedule over. That's really important to keep my commitments to myself. Yeah, that is so smart. I have always done that with my workouts. And that's always been my number one tip for people who are like, how do you stick to your workout plan? And how do you get to the gym so often or whatever? I'd say, well, it's even like I have a Peloton, like I'll schedule it and put it in my calendar to just just hold myself accountable. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Then it takes the thought out of it. You just you do what you do on your calendar time and don't have to think about when you just do it. Yeah. Well, you are so inspiring, and I think I'm going to have to get back into my meal prep now that we've had this conversation. <laughs> Yay! And yeah, it's just been so fun. And thank you for explaining everything about the blood sugar and your experience with the monitor. Um, we'll definitely we'll have lots of links for this episode, so everyone can check those out. And then if anyone wants to work with you or find more about you or maybe send you a message with questions, where can they find you? Yes. So my website is thelionshare.org. All the information you'll need is there. Um, And then I'm very responsive to Instagram DMs. My Instagram is at thelionshare. So it's lions with an S and and then another S for share. Um, I have Facebook too, but I honestly am not that responsive to the Facebook messages. So Instagram is probably better. And I am so not cool enough to have anything else, including TikTok or whatever. So you've got to find me on my website or Instagram <laughs> or the podcast. <laughs> yes, you have all the all the medium. So um, I'll link that also in the show notes to make it easy. But thank you again so much, Megan. This has been so fun. We're going to have to have you back on the show for the next subject matter. <laughs> I can't wait. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned a thing or two from Megan and that you'll check her out on Instagram, which I will link in the show notes and check out the Levels Continuous Glucose Monitor if you're curious. This is not sponsored by them, but I was just super intrigued by it. So we will link that in the show notes as well. 
If not, Megan provided some great tips on how to keep your blood sugar in check. So if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to to message either one of us or share it with a friend. And as always, be sure to hit subscribe so you'll see new episodes come in every other Wednesday. And if you have a second, go ahead and rate and review the Fitness Insider on Apple Podcasts. And I now have an email newsletter, so join that and you'll get a little note each time there's a new episode and I will drop some special goodies in there just for you. And with that being said, I hope you guys have an amazing day. Before I let you go, I want to tell you a little bit about today's sponsor, Organifi. I love Organifi as a way to get organic, high-quality superfoods and adaptogens into my body in a fun and tasty way. It's all gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, organic, and soy-free. A couple of my favorites are the red juice and the gold. The red juice is a great afternoon boost. It's berry-flavored, has pomegranate, cranberry, blueberry, raspberry, strawberry, beets, acai, lemon, and more, and it has adaptogens including cordyceps and rhodiola so it has 13 potent superfoods and it's freeze-dried for maximum absorption and smoother texture so it tastes really good it has zero caffeine and it only has two grams of water so i just do a scoop with of the red juice i shake it up with some water and ice and it's so delicious with a little squeeze of lime my other favorite is the gold it's super soothing and helps you to relax at night i serve it with hot water stir it up, top it with a little dairy-free creamer. It also has nine potent superfoods and it just helps with rest and relaxation, recovery and repair, and it tastes really good. So I highly recommend trying any of the Organifi products. So you can use my code to get 15% off your order if you use the code Natalie Wolf. that's my name, Natalie, W-O-L-F-E, and I hope you guys enjoy it.